Welcome to episode 9 of Boxing Royalty. I'm your host, Dil Marame, and I'm joined by Oscar Bevis as always. Got quite a busy show today, um, starting with the review part, going back to last week, where we saw a new IBF champion in Caleb Plant, decision victory over Jose, Jose Uzgatskai. Oscar, is just your thoughts on the fight? Yeah, well, um, last week I didn't give Caleb Plant much of a chance. I said he was an exciting fighter. For one thing, he's got an exciting style. He proved that, definitely. Um, he just boxed brilliantly. I'm not sure if it was an off night for his cat score. He was just outclassed. Uh, he was relentless from the first bell. Didn't let his cat sky breathe, even. He almost pounced on him, closed the gap right up, uh, was landing some... I wouldn't say they were hard punches, but the punches that he was landing... Aside from the knockdowns, seemed like hurtful punches. Uh, the jab was there. There was good ring movement. His cat's guy, when he was throwing big shots, just couldn't get near him. Just couldn't land. And uh, he made him look silly. And I feel bad, really, because I completely wrote him off. But it was a world-class performance. Really, you know, if it was at the back end of last year, you could have said one of the performances of the year it was that good. So almost a bit of a one-sided beatdown from Plant. It was punch perfect and a... Uh, yeah, there's some massive fights out there for him now, especially after a performance like that. Yeah, definitely not many people picked him, really, uh, in this fight. Because guy was sort of deemed as sort of a killer, you know, a one that's being avoided at 168. So, firstly, go and take that world title shot and then, you know, put a performance like that on, completely dominant, as you said. Yeah, fair play to, for, to Caleb Plant, and I'm sure he's going to be looking for unification fights. And potentially a, a fight with Golovkin, Golovkin if he moves up to 168. We'll talk about that later, obviously. Um, he's been on some some mad story as well. Caitlin um, Plant. It's been an incredible journey. Have you have you sort of seen the journey he's been on? Yeah, I've seen people talking about it on Twitter, and I, I wasn't aware of it actually before he won. I'll be honest, but it's just again boxing throwing up stories like that. It seems never ending with boxing. Just to throw stories like that up, so you know, for I like it when stories end positively, but to end as world champion, you can't really ask for much more. So, you know, I hope it's not to the point where he's now hit his peak and it's I've achieved my world title dream. You know, if you can go on to achieve more, that'd be even better. Yeah, sure, but yeah, as I said, he's going to be in some huge fights now, uh, down to the fact he's got a world title, so he brings a lot of value to the plate and uh, I'm sure we're going to see him in some big fights as he said in, in 2019 anyways moving on to our preview section and uh, another fight on ITV for UK viewers Pacquiao v Broner um, team majority of people really picking Pacquiao in this fight and everyone's talking about the Floyd Mayweather rematch like it's a done deal but Broner's an excellent fighter I mean a multi-weight world champion of Brilliant counter-puncher. Probably not as good as he can be, down to the fact that outside the ring he doesn't really live the life, or that's what it looks like anyways. And and he doesn't seem to throw many shots when he's in the ring. I don't know whether he freezes up or he just doesn't want to let his hands go for some reason. But he's a very talented fighter. And uh, the fact that Pacquiao is, is, you know, not... The Pacquiao that is a Hall of Famer fighter, you know. I know he's just beaten Matisse, who's a world class fighter, and knocked him out, but it's not the same Manny Pacquiao. So uh, I think it's a much closer fighter than people are giving 
get credit for, really. Yeah, I do think it's a close fight to sit there and say that Pacquiao's an outright winner from the off. Is that uh, would be wrong. I mean, you look at Broner, he's sort of crumbled outside of the ring a bit in the last couple of years, but and I think he's lost and drawn his last two fights. I don't think he performed badly against Jesse Vargas. Um, he's still a good fighter. I think he's sort of made for Pacquiao, his style, though. He's not the best mover anymore. Uh, we saw that against Vargas. That was one thing we saw. And I think Pacquiao can still move despite his age and you know how many fights he's had. He can still move and he's still quick. We saw that against Matisse. If I'm going to put a prediction on it, I think Pacquiao can knock him out later on in the rounds. I think he's almost going to take the early rounds to try and slow Broner down. Uh, not let him get to work too much. But if Broner stays still, he could be like a sitting duck. So he could be made for Pacquiao in that sense. But look, it's still a close fight. Uh, it's strange because it's almost like a fight between two guys who are washed up, if you want to use that term. They're not what they used to be. But yet you can still expect a high level of fight all round. Um, it's a bit strange because I'm not really sure where the winner goes from here. I mean, Pacquiao just seems to be a big fight off the big fight. Um, but, you know, it's entertaining. Whenever Pacquiao's in the ring, in the ring it's entertaining. So... I'm looking forward to it, but I do just worry for Broner that his style is almost perfect for Pacquiao. Well, that is an interesting thing. Where does the winner go from it? It seems a pretty sure thing that if Pacquiao wins, it looks like the Floyd Mayweather rematch will happen. I've seen people say in September this year. And I think maybe the same for Broner. If Broner wins, do you reckon he could he could get Floyd out of retirement? Or do you... I think Floyd will only come back if it is Manny Pacquiao. I think Floyd only comes back for Manny Pacquiao personally. Uh, but then again, you know, we've just seen him fight an exhibition against someone who is unknown outside of his own country or outside of the sport that he, he fights in and the amount of money he made. So, I mean, there's money to be made against Broder and Pacquiao. And we know what Floyd's motivated by, but in boxing terms, I think the Pacquiao thing is one thing that gets to Floyd, the way that people talk about the Pacquiao fight and that it wasn't as convincing as Pratt liked. And I think that's one thing that gets to Floyd. But, you know, if he wants to stay unbeaten, I think that's potentially dangerous because that would have been his first proper fight in, what, three or four years. So, you know, I'm not counting McGregor fight. But yeah. I can't see him coming out of retirement for Broner, but I, I can't see the Pacquiao fight happening personally. I think Floyd just likes to be talked about. Uh, he's going to be their ringside, apparently, so you know, we'll see what happens after the fight, but I, I can't see past Mayweather staying, but for now at least. It's quite hard to read what's going on at sort of this weight uh, in terms of welterweight division, because obviously Crawford Carr's just been announced. We don't know where that leaves Kel Brook, whether he'll take Jesse Vargas at, at 147 or move up to 154. Obviously, Errol Spence is in a, in a, in a strange fight because he's fighting Mikey Garcia, who's moving up several weights. So we don't know what Mikey's going to do. If he wins, would he stay at 147? Um, then you've got, obviously, Sean Porter. I thought he hasn't been linked with anyone, really. Keith Furman's back. It, it's tough to sort of see the next logical fight for each of these guys, you know, 
we heard Bob Arum talking the other day that he doesn't think the Spence fight is going to happen for a long time because Al Haven's blocking that in terms of with Spence and Crawford. It's it's hard to hard to say what's going to happen really, but you can't really argue the winner of Pacquiao Broner. They probably do deserve a world title shot if you know whoever the winner is uh, in their next fight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at like you said, obviously Spence is tied up. Crawford is now. Uh, I think Sean Porter, I think he's got a defence of his WBC lined up, I think. Um, I'm not 100% on that. Who's that against? I think it's that, uh, the Cuban, is it Ugas? Oh, OK. I didn't, I didn't know about that, to be fair. Um, Danny Garcia is fighting on the same night as Crawford Khan, I believe. OK. Wait. Is he? Crawford Khan's April 20th, is it? April 20th, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's scheduled to fight on the same night, I think I saw that. So even then, you look at the fighters, if you're going to go five fighters down from fighters like Crawford and Spence, it seems like everyone's tied up. Mm. You know, you've got a few young guys coming through at top rank. You've got, uh, Bob Aaron spoke about him the other day, there's options for Crawford outside of car. There was the Lithuanian, I am not going to try and say his name. You've got the Russian Bespoutin as well, but you know, for Pacquiao at his age, he wants names, really, didn't he? Um, and that's, I think, why we're seeing Bronham, why we're seeing him linked with Floyd. So it's yeah, it's strange. Yeah, it is very strange at the moment in the welterweight division. Some good fights being made, but none of the champions really fighting each other. So it's hard to see what's going to happen next. And as as you said, everyone's tied up. Another good fight on the card uh, on Saturday night um, is Badu Jack v Marcus Brown. Uh, I rate Badu Jack really highly. I think he arguably top 10 pound for pound I know that's quite a big statement but just look at sort of his record Darrell Groves uh, DeGale obviously that was a draw but people argued he might have nicked that uh, Lucien Butte Cleverly absolutely dismantled I know Cleverly was pretty past it Adonis Stevenson arguably he won that fight as well and it, it's been a strange sort of career for him because he had a, a really bad start got knocked out uh, first round I think this was 2013-14 uh, I remember the Derek Edwards and uh, sort of he was just forgotten about Badu Jack and then he came back with a great win a few fights later against uh, Anthony Durrell and then beat a lot of UK names uh, did Badu Jack so for, for me if you if you look down his record he, he's right up there for me and um, he's got a tough fight though against Marcus Brown uh, one of the best light heavies going um, unbeaten he's got a high percentage of chaos I think he's got about 16-17 and he's had 22 fights so he'll be looking to cause an upset against Badu Jack but uh, I'm assuming you're going with Badu Jack for this one I, I am too yeah I'm going with Badu Jack I mean look, Badu Jack's I think 35 now so he's getting on a bit um you know, I don't want to see, I'm hoping not to see a point where, you know, fighters can just change when it comes to age. I'm hoping not to see that because I think there's still some massive fights out there for him. This is a really interesting fight because, we, you know, we've seen Marcus Brown, but we haven't seen him against, you know, I'd say top level opposition. Badu Jack is elite opposition. Uh, I think the WBC confirmed that it's because it's for their silver belt, the, the winner will be mandatory for Kvodzic. So for me, Badu Jack against Kvodzic is away from Bivol the fight of the division so you know that's also what's sort of making me want to back Badu Jack but 
I can't see past him winning, you know, I think, like you were saying about his record, and he seems to be a perfect all-rounder. He's got good punch power. He can move. Um, he can fight on the inside and outside. He can fight up close. He can fight at range. He seems to be someone who's got everything. He's been quite unlucky in terms of results as well, like you said. Could have arguably won his last two draws. Good fight. In terms of Marcus Brown, like I said, don't know too much. Uh, he's about 24-0 or something like that. 25-0. and um, Very highly rated. I've seen that Americans rate him very highly. He fought one person I've seen of his. He fought Sean Monaghan, who's in line to fight Callum Johnson. So he knocked him out in the second round. And he is a good fighter, Sean Monaghan. Um, he's powerful, Marcus Brown, but I just can't see any way of him getting past Badu Jack. I think if he could have made that step up, perhaps he would have liked to take someone that isn't Badu Jack because that's stepping up right to elite level. So I think that's probably the main worry for him at the moment. It's a brilliant division. Uh, Bivol's just signed with uh, Dizone. You've got, as you said, Gavosdik, who... who, who obliterated uh, Adonis Stevenson um, who was considered the man at light heavyweight Baturbitev uh, obviously you've got this fight on Saturday night with Badu Jack and Marcus Brown you've got Callum Johnson there's a lot of good fights to be to be made there but Alvarez Kovalev yeah the rematch yeah that's coming soon and um, if Kovalev does manage to get sort of that win against Alvarez um then he puts himself right right back in the mix. Whether he will, I'm not sure. Alvarez looks like a brilliant fighter, and I think Kovalev is, is past his best, definitely, and I'm not sure what he's got left, really, after the two losses to Andre Ward, especially the last one where he got stopped and looked like he didn't really want any more of it. I think there's now a new generation of light heavies who are, who are leading the way, if you like, Bivol, as I said, um and Gavosdik, I think those for me are the two best at the moment. But I, I can't, I can't write Badu Jakov if he if he beats Marcus Brown and fights Gavosdik. You can't look past Badu Jack in that fight. And for me, yeah, it, I hope that fight does get made because I think the winner of Badu Jack be Gavosdik to fight Bivol. I think that's the best fight in the division. Um, so. That's it for the uh, the preview section. It's going to be a good night of boxing. Definitely going to stay up for it. Just to confirm, it's obviously Manny Pacquiao v Adrian Broner, and then Badu Jack v Marcus Brown. I'm not sure what else is being broadcasted live in the UK. I'm sure there'll be another one or two fights or short show though. Um, so it should be a good night. Lastly, raw talk section. We could have had many topics to do. We were actually going to do this yesterday, and it's a good job we didn't, because there was some breaking news last night that Canelo will be fighting Danny Jacobs. Um, no location confirmed, but I'm going to guess it's Vegas, seeing it's uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. It'll be May 4th, Saturday, May 4th, um, and I'm guessing it will land up in Vegas. And it, it's the fight I wanted to see, really, because the Golovkin trilogy, as much as I would have you know, been hyped about that near to the fight. That's for me. It's over now. I don't. I just don't think Golovkin can ever win against Canelo. Not that he he can sort of win from a fan's point of view because a lot of people had him winning both fights, um, especially the first one. But I don't think he 
cannot Canelo out. He's taken, you know, he's given rather Canelo his best his best shots, and, and Canelo stood firm, and he's not going to get a decision. So for me, that that's that. I think Golovkin should fight Billy Joe or Andrade or move up and fight Callum Smith or Caleb Plant, as I said earlier. But um, this is a brilliant fight. And uh, I think Oscar De La Hoya said he, he's genuinely concerned about this fight uh, from Canelo's point of view because he sees Danny Jacobs as the second best middleweight in the world. And I don't think you can really argue with that statement. No, I don't think you can. It's the fight I wanted to see as well. Like you know, you just went through the whole Golovkin thing. They both gave each other their best shots. They're not going to knock him out. He won't get a decision, so it makes sense. You know, there's a lot of people out there that fought Jacobs, box Golovkin, and beat him. You know, so he can fight at elite level. We know that he's done a the zone have done a brilliant job with him since he's come back from that Golovkin loss. He's had uh, two wins over Arias and Selecki before the world title shot. He beat you know, he won all three convincingly, and after getting the world title, he's I think now is time because we know he can fight at that level to step up and I think this Oscar De La Hoya is right in saying this is the biggest threat in the middleweight division to him you look at the middleweight division uh, obviously Billy Joe like, inactive at the moment Jeff Horn I can't see him being much trouble uh, you've got the Charlos if you're looking at the elite level fighters it is Canelo Golovkin and Danny Jacobs so it's a massive fight a bit of me wants to side with Danny Jacobs, but I don't think he has the power to knock Canelo out. And of course, like we just said about Golovkin, that is worrying. He's just find a free fight deal with the zone. So obviously they've got faith in him because it seems one where if he does lose to Canelo, there is a way back. But well, I'm guessing on Friday, I think even if he loses to Canelo, they can still make unification. Well, not unification because he would have lost, but. They can still make a world title fight uh, with Andrade, possibly. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Andrade. Um, it's just that I thought if he was to lose to Canelo, then at the top it fought Golovkin and Canelo and lost. Yeah, we were talking about boxing stories earlier. What story it's been for Danny Jacobs? And he's such a clever boxer, the way he punches, and he does have power. He knocks Selecki down in the final round. He's got power late in the rounds. He's got a good engine. So I think he's got the minerals to beat Canelo. I just look at him. He's Canelo a big a, middleweight as well. Huge middleweight. Yeah, he, he is a big middleweight. And I was about to say that, but I do think that there is potential that Canelo could knock him out. I think the shots Canelo was hitting Golovkin with. Yeah, you got to think. Mm-hmm. I think they can knock most middleweights out. And you look at his last three fights, Canelo, Canelo, Rocky Fielding. You know, he took Rocky Fielding out in the third fairly easily and convincingly and the Canelo uh, the fights against Golovkin sorry would have knocked out most middleweights so it does worry me for Danny Jacobs that he could get knocked out um, but then he took Golovkin's shots didn't he Danny Jacobs so he did but I I'm, don't want to use the excuse of an off night because I think Danny Jacobs made Golovkin box the way he did I think he almost made Golovkin throw wild shots at some point but when, yeah, you're right, when he did land, he took him. It's quite a hard fight to match, and I suppose that's what makes it exciting. It's quite a hard fight to call. So, But I think you'd be mad not to stick with Canelo at this point. It's a tough one for Danny Jacobs, though, because I, I can't see him knocking out Canelo. And 
he's going to literally have to win at least 10 rounds against Canelo to get the nod. Even then, you you just don't know because we've seen it with Lara before. And it's it's not just Jacobs. Anyone who goes in there with, with Canelo, I don't really see how you beat him because you're just not going to get the decision, especially with this, obviously this fight deal he's done worth ridiculous amounts of money with DAZN, uh between DAZN and Golden Boy. I just, I, you know, Golovkin was probably the best hope to beat Canelo simply because you know, people banking on Golovkin knocking him out. He couldn't do that twice. I can't see Billy Joe Andrade knocking Canelo out, that's for sure. Um, Danny Jacobs, possibly, but, it, you know, I don't give him a better chance than Golovkin. So he's going to have to put an, a, a ridiculously good performance on and, as I said, win literally every round uh, for a chance to get the nod, which is shouldn't be like that, but that's just how boxing is. I mean, when Danny Jacobs has got power behind his punches, but it's whether he's got the power to actually knock Canelo out. If he's got the power to hurt Canelo, then I think there are fighters in the middle division who've got the power to hurt Canelo that aren't just Danny Jacobs and Golovkin. I think in terms of the judging, we've seen controversial judging with the first Golovkin fight. The second, it could have gone either way. I don't think you can argue with the scorecards. It's a very subjective fight, the last fight. Do you think there could be a possibility that if Jacobs was to box a perfect fight and beat Canelo in the eyes of most people, like Golovkin did the first time, that it may play a role and the judges might have to see it that way? Mm, possibly, as in because of what's happened before, they just have to act correctly, is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm. But the thing is, we're, 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 we're thinking like that, but we're not seeing the amounts of money that's in front of us. So. Yeah, there's that as well. But it just doesn't look great. I mean, I put a tweet on the Boxing Royalty Twitter account about the fights that Canelo's had at 28. You know, Lara, Mayweather, uh, Chavez Jr., yeah, Cotto. You know, I put the lot, Golovkin twice. And there's a lot of people saying, well, he lost to Lara. He lost to Golovkin twice. So I mm. think there needs to be a point where you can't overdo it. I think if he loses a fight, this might be a fight that, you know, if he does lose, that it has to be given as a loss. Could do, could do a sort of a split decision draw. That's the only problem as well. Because the amount of fights he's got in his steel, you know, a rematch or even a trilogy with Danny Jacobs wouldn't be a problem from Canelo's and Oscar De La Hoya's side, would it? No, not at all. I mean, but there's some good fights in middleweight and good middleweight fighters on the zone, so... Should be a good year for the middleweights. Cracking fight. The best in the division at the moment for me. And the one I wanted. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping Danny Jacobs can turn up. Because I'm a big fan of Danny Jacobs. He's a brilliant story and he's a brilliant boxer. And he's brave taking... Because he's just signed a free fight deal with the zone to take his world title shot, win the vacant IBF and jump straight in with Canelo. Because he could have had a defence for his first fight. So to jump straight in with Canelo's... No, it's good. He's got the minerals, and I hope he can go and do it, personally. What do you think will happen with Golovkin now? Does he move up to 168, or does he try and get the Billy Joe Saunders fight? The only problem with the Billy Joe fight is that it didn't happen before when uh, Billy Joe was WBO champion, and obviously he isn't now. So why would it happen now? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that that ends the discussion there. I don't see the need for him to 
fight Billy Joe, you know, what is Golovkin getting out of that? Billy Joe's getting a name out of it, but he's not getting anything out of it either, really, bar the chance to fight Golovkin. You know, he wants world titles, Billy Joe. And I think his eyes will be looking at Canelo Andrade, Jacobs, the money they're making, the fights they're having, and he'll be looking to get up to that stage again. You know, the Callum Smith fight is one that we spoke about with the money flying about now. There is potential for that fight to become a possibility. I mean, if you'd have said it two years ago, people would have laughed in your face. But off the back of that performance against George Groves and with Golovkin, he's not getting any younger. I think Callum Smith's probably looking at a fight, licking his lips, thinking, I could I could beat Golovkin. I wouldn't be surprised if Golovkin moves up to one six eight. I say that because Billy Joe is going to surely be made mandatory for Andrade's belt, obviously Billy Joe's old belt, um, at some point. And I think that Billy Joe-Andrade fight will happen. So that will tie them two up. Danny Jacob and Canelo are doing their thing. And I think Golovkin can look at probably Caleb Plant as the weakest super middleweight champion. Uh, there's obviously Ramirez there as well, but he's been a champion for a long time. Go and get a belt at super middleweight and then unify against Callum Smith, uh, potentially in England. Um, he's obviously got no problem coming to the UK and boxing on Sky Sports Box Office. We've seen him do it before. And uh, Tom Loughlin and Eddie Hearn, I know they've got a good working relationship. So I'm, I think I think if I was Golovkin and if I was Tom Loughlin, I'd make that move really, get a world title at 168 and then go and unify against Smith. Yeah, that's probably the sensible move. I think that 168, there's not many massive names. You know, you look at middleweight, you've got a name like Canelo. That's going to be a name that whoever you stick him in, it's going to be a massive fight. And you could say the same with Golovkin, but you look at super middleweight division, and even the guys with the belts, you know, Caleb Plant, Ramirez, they're not the biggest of names. So if you want to go into a big unification fight with Callum Smith, then, you know, to look at the champions is probably the best idea. I'd say Caleb Plant's the weakest champion, but is he? I'm not sure if he is. Um, actually, thinking about it, I don't think he'd be able to beat Golovkin. I don't think he'd be able to box Golovkin like that. Because I think Golovkin's more clever than who's Cat's guy. And I don't think the shots you saw him throwing at them later rounds, I don't think you'd see Golovkin box like that because he's much smarter. So I, th- I think Ramirez could possibly be the best bet for him. But yeah, pick up a belt and fight Callum Smith. Makes a lot of sense. At Anfield as well. Be nice for us. Yeah, I think it definitely sells out Anfield, especially if it's a unification. I think it sells out Anfield anyway, even if Golovkin's not bringing a belt. It's a huge fight. And I'd like to see that, to be honest. I, to be honest, I'd like to see Golovkin-Smith. I'd like to see Billy Joe uh, and Andrade fight. And obviously we've got a great fight in, in Canelo and Danny Jacobs. Say Anyways. we see Eubank, just quickly, say we see Eubank beat the girl. Because, you know... Mm. We don't know what the girl's going to turn up. If we saw Eubank beat the girl, there were obviously the discussions before the Kell Brook fight, what, two, three years ago. Do you think that could be a possibility or a bit of a long shot? Because if he wins, his name's right back in there for a... What does Eubank time. bring, though, really? There's no world title there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I suppose at the stage Golovkin's at, it's about world titles and big names, so... Mm, I think early on in his career, 
if Golovkin were to come here, knock out Eubank, make his UK name bigger, and then fight Callum Smith, possibly makes sense. But he's he right at the basic exactly. He's right at the back end of his career. I think either get a world title, then fight Callum Smith, or just go for Callum Smith straight away. I think that would be their thinking. I don't think they've got time to to waste. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for everyone who tuned in. As always, that is it for this week. And uh, thank you to, to Oscar for your time. Cheers, Jim. Thanks, mate. Make sure to tune into episode ten next week and follow us on Twitter at Boxer or Pod. And make sure to follow us on SoundCloud too. Signing out. Peace.